Welcome to the Smart Business Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Imoff Flores, and the Smart Business Podcast is the place for entrepreneurs to get an advanced mindset and skill set to build and grow a business that can scale in a big way. SMART is an acronym that stands for a scalable, mission-driven business that's automated with revenue streams all run by a team. And so if you would like to learn more about how to build a smart business or get coaching, consulting in this area or done for you services, go ahead and start by getting our free smart business formula guide at smartbusinessformula.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Smart Business Show. Today, we have a very special guest, Samantha Schneider. She helps people grow businesses doing only what they want and nothing else. So if you're an entrepreneur where you feel maybe the burden of all of this weight of having to keep up with funnels and websites and automations and marketing and all these things that are just overwhelming and weighing you down, you just want to be free and just have like a full expression of freedom. Samantha is the one to help you do this. Today's topic is what is net worthiness? We're going to talk about what it really means to live a life as an entrepreneur in total freedom. So Samantha, we are so excited to have you on. What's going on? Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I just got home from the holidays and everything is just amazing. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, you know, I was so excited to have you on just because, you know, the, the message that you're talking about is so different. You know, a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we, you know, you get to a phase where you're just so deep into tech, into learning, into a lot of things that you know can be helpful, but they also can hold you back from what your spirit craves, which is to be boundless. And you're one of the few people that I've talked to that have actually not only you teach it, but you also live it. You know, mm-hmm. so tell the audience a little bit about you know your backstory, you know, kind of what led you to do what you do, and uh, and I'm excited for what you're going to be sharing today. I think it's going to be really refreshing to a lot of people listening. Of course. So it all started with the pandemic. And I actually was a buyer at Saks Fifth Avenue in New York City. Any 25-year-old girl's dream, right? But it wasn't my dream. I was not a corporate America girl. I would always sit at my desk. And if I had downtime, I would be like writing blog posts and like sending them to my mom. And I never actually made a blog, but I was just always thinking of things that I could do. I would even be around like my peers and I'd be like, we could just like start a podcast. And I would just hear like crickets, like no one was on the same page as me. So I knew that I was different. So the pandemic happened and I got for load. And meanwhile, I was something that should have made me so upset. I was the happiest girl in the world. I got for load. It was my time to start a business. I was like, this is my chance. So basically I was just off to the races. First I started, um, tried e-commerce and I liked it, but it wasn't fully for me. And then eventually I got into life coaching, which is now for me, spiritual business coaching. Um, and I always wanted to be a life coach, but felt I was too young, those limiting beliefs. And then I saw someone else my age doing it, who's making six figures. And I was just like, this is for me. And then, um, my company Saks asked me to come back and I actually, quit. And I told my dad that I got fired. He still doesn't know. (laughs) And um, that was basically it. And that was me just starting. And how I started was I just built an Instagram. I really found that all I needed to do, I looked around and I was like, how are people building businesses without spending a lot of money? So instead of doing ads, which I found from e-commerce, I was like, if you build a following on Instagram, you can really have a company. 
Yeah, absolutely. And one of the cool things about that is um, Mark Cuban said that whenever he thinks about building a business, he always thinks about the platform first. And so the fact that you started with the platform is really awesome because that that's where the audience lives, right? Wow. That is, I didn't even know that. I just kind of yeah. went for it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really neat. That's really neat. And the other thing that's really neat too, is that you mentioned starting a podcast and nobody in your family really got excited about that. So, <laughs> so it's like, you're kind of the one-off that, you know, stepped out. What was that like, you know, being the one in your family to maybe go against the grain a little bit? Yes. So it was definitely interesting for anyone. I love my dad to pieces and he supports me so much. Now, once I made my first 10 K month, he was like, Oh my gosh. But (laughs) at the time they live, you know, and my mom's always been amazingly supportive and you can do whatever, um, you set your mind to, but they obviously came from times where it was all corporate America. There was no Instagram. It didn't make any sense that someone could show up, be themselves and sell themselves off Instagram and people would pay you. So obviously they were a little skeptical. Um, my dad, once I said I was fired, really wanted me to, if I wanted to be a life coach, then go to another corporate job as a life coach and kind of like, uh, be the life coach of, a someone else's business, but he didn't get that. I wanted to be the entrepreneur, everything that came with being an entrepreneur, like, you know, the time off the freedom, all that stuff. That's what I wanted. So, I decided that I did have to go with sadly saying that I got fired, but it worked out. Um, that was like my gut. That was like uh, what my gut was telling me. And it honestly worked out perfectly because now he supports me so much. But at the time it was hard, but I I kind of just kept to myself. So that's one of my really big tips. I didn't even tell my friends what I was doing for three months. They were so confused. They wanted to ask questions, but I just told them, you know, I'm doing something. I'll tell you guys when I have it all figured out because I didn't want anyone else's limiting beliefs getting in the way of what I could build. If they were like, how is this going to work? I don't understand that. I just decided like, I'm not going to tell anyone. And so I told my dad a little, but I didn't tell him the full story. Mm, That's, that's wow. Yeah. That's courageous. Um, So, so here you are, you start entrepreneur. Now your, your philosophy is a little bit different because you know, where most people begin their journey as an entrepreneur, right? They start going into how do I build a website? How do I get business cards? How do I get my funnel built? How do I get my automation set up? How did you decide like that? None of that was going to be for you. And you were going to launch a business without all of that. Like, how did that come about in, in where, where does that school of thought come from for you? I love that. So when I first started, life coaching, I did sales calls. And what I realized is I hated doing sales calls. Like every time someone showed up for the one, I would either get ghosted or they would show up. And I just felt so sleazy that I was selling them at the end and that they knew that I was selling them at the end. And this isn't for everyone. This was just for me. This is just how I felt. Maybe I just wasn't my best self on these sales calls and they definitely worked, but I realized that I didn't want to sell knowing that I would have to do a sales call. So my thought process was if I eliminate this from my business, then I'll want to sell more. So then I started looking at all the bottlenecks in my business. I hated making sales pages. One time I made a sales page and I sold less than I ever have. And I think it's the belief that 
you know, I didn't think sales pages worked for me. So I was like, what if I just take out sales pages? I take out sales calls and then I just show up on my Instagram story, sell like that and tell them they can come to my DMs and we can have a conversation and then I can send them the link from there. And the amazing thing is I asked myself, this is a really good tip too. I always ask myself, what would I like as a customer, as a client? And I would rather just go into someone's DMs, maybe voice note back and forth, and then get a link sent to me instead of having to set up a sales call for a time in the future. I'd rather just streamline that process and go right to the source. And so I started doing it and surely enough, it was amazing. It, it really worked. And um, I haven't done a sales call really since. If someone wants one and really wants to feel comfortable, of course, I will always do it for them. But um, I think that's only happened maybe one time since. Wow. That's changing the game, literally yes. changing the game. Right. And, and so, so like, where did you like, cause I think when people, if people were to decide that, right, I'm not going to use a funnel, I'm not going to use a website. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. A lot of their fears is going to be like, well, then how are people going to take me serious? Or what if, you know, people ask for information or what if, you know, people don't think I'm a real business? How did you kind of overcome that internal conversation and then have the courage to actually just like go for it with nothing. Yes. Okay. I love that. So I really think that you are what your um, ideal client wants to be. So if I'm showing people that you don't need these things, you don't need a sales call, you don't need um, a sales page, you don't need a website, all you need is Instagram, then the people who only want to build their platform on Instagram are going to see you as that authority because you're doing it. You're actually doing it. And that's the difference between being an influencer and being an authority. And I teach this in one of my courses, but it's like you are actually showing them this is the step-by-step that I take. And these are the results I get from doing that. So showing them that you are the personification of what they want to be, that's how they take you seriously. And then it's also because I'm a manifesting queen, it's shifting those beliefs to, I get to do this and the results will come from doing it this way. Yes. Oh, so good. Yes, yes, yes. Like I, I, I love that because it allows you to be great at what you do, right? Because you're not spread so, like so thin trying to be like a digital marketer because you're like, I'm going to be a social influencer. Yes. You know? And that allows you to put time in to be consistent, to be great. And I think a lot of people struggle with consistency because they're trying to manage so many pieces mm-hmm. and they haven't decided. And it's like, you can, if you're going to be a digital marketer and get into funnels, be great at like funnels and automation, right? If you're going to be a social influencer, be great at social influence. And I think without a team, right, it's hard to really master both. Like you would have to have a team to do both properly. And I think most people are spread too thin, giving themselves 5% away to 20 people versus hundred percent of themselves to one thing. And I think that's, what's a big contributor to your success. Now, one of the things that's really cool is you kind of have this phrase that says, stop making something mean something about something else. Tell us about that. Cause I found that very fascinating. Yes. So this is my new phrase. My clients hear all the time. My family now hears it all the time. My friends, I use it for everything, not just business, but I wanted to make it such a crazy phrase that people would remember. But what I found about everyone, honestly, in the world is they're constantly, and your brain does this, they're finding evidence why something's not working. And so, for example, if you um, have, you sell your product and no one buys it, they decide that their product is bad automatically. That's a 
automatically what they decide. But if you stop putting meaning towards your product is bad, then you'll continue to sell it. So if you decide no one bought your product because it's bad, you're going to stop selling it. So when you make something mean something about something else, you're putting a belief behind it. And when you put a belief behind something, then your actions back up your belief. And that's what happens. So I use this even with my friends. This is just, I love always going back to like dating, but they'll be like, he didn't answer my text. And then they'll make that mean that he doesn't like them. And then they'll just spiral from there. So that's how I kind of explain it to people in the real world who don't have a business. But when you make the fact that maybe this is the first time you put out your course and only two people got in it, and then you decide that it's a bad course, you're not going to sell it in the future when maybe three down three years down the line, it's going to be the most successful course ever. It's just really, you can look at the data sometimes, but sometimes looking at the data and then making it mean something can really stop you from having success. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. That's so true. And that's that's kind of like counterculture in marketing because typically you use the data to make a decision. But then if the data doesn't work for you, then it works against you. And so it's like it becomes a bigger problem, you know. So absolutely, I totally, totally agree with that. That's, that's a really cool way to think about it. Um, so so one of the biggest fears that people do have that you help a lot of your clients with is to kind of overcome the fear of being seen. Because one of the big things that is required to put yourself out there, right, into to unlock your message and to just kind of show up your truest self is like, there's vulnerability with that. There's judgment with that. There's what if this doesn't work, right? And, and so how do you help people overcome the fear of being seen? I love that. So I had to go through my own kind of journey with that, um, especially since at the time I live in California now, but I lived in New York and New York's a very corporate world, everything by the book, fast pace. And so um, it was very different of me to go through this uh, life coaching route. Um, and so the first thing I did, and sometimes I tell my clients if they can, if they're having trouble is I really, like I said, I went completely rogue for three months and didn't tell anyone what I was doing. So the first thing I tell people is if you can block people who are maybe watching you and making you feel insecure, even if, uh, they, they might not care, but like, if you feel like, oh, I have a lot of people who are like my brother's wife, like followed me and it's making me not want to post then honestly block them. That's the first thing that I would say starting out, but to fully get over the fear of being seen one, I always say you have to put action behind your fears. So do the thing you can journal on it. Of course, I'm all about journaling on it, getting over the reason why you have this fear, but then to really get over the fear and you never truly get over your fears. You just get used to them is putting action behind it. So do the thing that you're scared of. So for three months, I did not show my face on my Instagram. And I just want to show you that you can still build a whole company at first without showing your face. So I didn't show my face for three months. And then I finally decided that I had to show up. And when I showed up, I told them that I had an intense fear of being seen. I put a picture of myself to start. So I started really slow and I kind of put a picture of myself and then I got comfortable doing videos. And let me just tell you, you will become obsessed. That's the funny thing about fears. At first they seem so scary. And then you get so used to them that you become obsessed. But one quote that really helped me that I made was your purpose is bigger than anyone's opinions of you. So I really, this is morbid, but I pictured myself on my deathbed and I thought to myself, would I be caring what Becky from high school or college said about me and my Instagram or my new job? 
would that have stopped me? And it's like, no, I would not be thinking that on my deathbed. I would be thinking, thank God I kept going and build this empire instead of letting anyone decide how my life was going to go for me. So that's the Mm. quote that really, really changed everything. Wow. That's so, so good. I love that. I love that. And that's something that we all have to overcome, you know, and, and, and I think the other reason too, what stops us from getting out there is I always say sometimes um, God is saving you to release you for a certain time and message, mm. right? Because sometimes when we're out of alignment and we go out and get known for something that truly isn't something we should be known for, mm. then it's such a trajectory towards your destiny in the wrong direction. And so sometimes we need to get to the message that I guess I say God has for us or that we have, if you're not a spiritual person, maybe that you feel totally in alignment with. And once the message hits, it's like, you just feel so proud to share it, you know, because sometimes like, like I've gotten to a point too, in, in different seasons where I've outgrown my message. I used to speak to a certain mm-hmm. target audience about a certain thing, but now for me to talk about that thing would be kind of weird. So go through this phase of trying to find yourself uh, all over again. And, and so, you know, a good message can last a lifetime. And I think that also is one of the things I'm going through right now is what's going to be that next message for me that I won't have to stop, that I won't ever outgrow that will last forever. You know, I love that so much. Yeah. 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 So, so Samantha, I think you're speaking to a lot of, um, uh, people that are listening today and you're pulling on some of their heart strings because they're listening to you going, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. These are things I've been thinking about. These are things I've been wanting to do. Samantha's given me permission to do it. She's done it. And I want to be able to know more about how to really pull this off. And, and so, uh, I want, I want everyone to know that's listening that Samantha's IG is in the description of this episode. Okay. So go to her IG, send her a DM and ask ask her any questions connect with her and she's probably not going to get on a sales call with you okay so (laughs) we're probably going to have to leave her a voice note and get a link to her program to learn more but uh samantha thank you so much for for being with us and just giving our audience permission today to be free and to not be in the same box that everyone else is trying to be in and you're a great example of what it looks like to be outside of the box Thank you so much for having me. I hope some of your listeners get to meet you one day because you are just wonderful. I had the best time and thank you for letting me be on your platform. Absolutely. And to those of you listening, make sure to subscribe, share this episode. Somebody needs to hear it and leave a six star review. I think there's only five stars, but leave it. (laughs) Yes. And until the next episode, thanks again, Samantha. And to all of you listening, see you in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Thank you.